you know that they wanted me to share as it is Sunday school week. If I told her that, you know, I haven't been very well. So I would think about it. And then she said that, okay, when the program is ready, you know, she would let me know. And I, I didn't even pay attention to it. I think she had posted the, 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 the you know, the theme. She had him for two days. I hadn't seen it. And then, you know, I saw it on a Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday. And then when the team came, it was ready to share the gospel. And I said, my Lord, you know, you wanted to give me this opportunity, and uh, I nearly refused it. Please, can you project Psalm 40? Verse 9 to 10 for me. Psalm 40, verse 9 to 10. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness. No, I think that if you could give me the... Okay, no, let's use it, okay. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Well, the, the superintendent of the Sunday school told me that I could use whatever, you know, procedure. So this evening, it may be, you know, interactive. You know, I may talk and then probably ask some few people some few questions and then we move on. But then as you know, the, 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 the word of God says, I proclaim. In fact, um, <coughs> I haven't been well since in late February. If you remember, with the, the network of intercessors, they had their national prayer summit here. And I've been given, if, if I originally, the program was not supposed to have taken place here. It was supposed to have taken place at the police church. And uh, something happened and we had to change the venue here, and I'd be given two very important assignments, you know, to raise you know, prayer water in this church. And then another assignment, you know, very, very important and uh, strategic assignment concerning the nation, especially with respect to the National Cathedral. And I think just that very week, I wake up and, you know, I start having this uh, puffy eyes. You know, senior eyes doctor, they you know one of the top in in, in Accra. Run tests and upon tests and they said there's nothing wrong with your eyes. On the on the fifth, I'm saying it because we, we are dealing with ready to share the gospel, and by the, our testimonies, we overcame the devil. So I go home, that's the fifth, I, I, I go to Snead Hospital. You know, all those who know Dr. Brahma from Kolebu, the, the, the top eye consultant in the country, who comes to Snead twice a week, twice every month. He's been seeing me for a year. I go and run tests, series of tests, they said, nothing wrong with your eyes. So I go home, and then my wife said, are you crying? Let me say, take your pressure. Me, I've never had pressure. That the fifth. She takes my pressure and it's around 160 something. So on the 6th of March, we decided to go to the hospital. And just when I was, you know, preparing to go there, I get the sharp pain and then my lower back. I couldn't stand, I couldn't lie down, I couldn't do anything. And then we first went to Dell Hospital. That's what the devil does. He was trying to even divert attention. So I go and then 
They detained me there the whole day, since March. Then they access, ran a series of tests. I go to Lancet. They, you know, they eventually said you, you had a kidney, some kidney stone, and you know. But then we suspected, so I started taking a lot of fluid. Then they referred me to Lagon to go and see a neurologist. Then we do a CT scan, and then he said that the stone had dropped. You know, the big one had dropped. So praise the Lord. Then I'm in the office because there they, they run the routine tests, and then that's the end. And then I'm in the office. I'm you know, I'm giving this testimony to raise the faith of somebody. I'm in the office, and then I have this allergy friend who has been here for years. He comes to the office, and then he said, "Oh, Doctor Khan has come." And then he was asking of you, and I told him that you are not well. So he said, I should bring you. And those of you who know, uh, when Anaya had a wedding, you know, the, the Aveno, you know, just next to, behind it, there's a very big clinic there. It's a new clinic. People don't even know about it. I helped, they are Pakistani Americans. You know, they acquired a land, and then, Apparently, they had come that very weekend. They were doing their test run. And this friend goes there, and then they ask of me, and he said, I'm not well. So they come to fetch me. I go immediately. They are neurosurgeons and all those. So they run all the, you know, the optic, op optic something, something, the sinusitis, you know, just to eliminate any brain tumor because of the... <laughs> Because of the, you know, then they decided to run the, the routine test. Then after they have done it, they run what they call the FT, you know, that the you know, thyroid function test. And then <laughs> there's one called the free T4. Way, 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 way beyond the, you know, the, the range. So, you know, so that's what the, you know, the problem, so that's what also shot the, you know, the pressure, that's what also, you know, started giving me all this. In fact, as I say, with the right eye, I cannot see well. I have never had, you know, this eye problem, you see. But then, you know, through that, at least they were able to lay their hands on it. And in fact, today, just today, I, I did, a, you know, the last test because it was balancing. And the, the results were very, very impressive. So, I said, my Lord, so uh, I guess I wanted to dodge, you know, this testimony, sharing this testimony with, you know, members. And then as I prepared, you know, the, 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 the topic is ready to share the gospel. This old, when I was in secondary school, I wasn't an SU member. Anyway, but they used to sing this, so I called Nanama, that I had wanted the ambassadors to to you know, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Walking Jerusalem just like John. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. So, so you see that you have to what? Now this, this is like old, as you saw, you know, the, those who belong to the old school. Romans 1, 14, 15 says that I'm under obligation. Romans 1, 14 to 15. I am under obligation. Then the other version says I'm a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to the unwise. So I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. But the ESV says that, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in 
Rome. And when you have time, look at First Corinthians. No, let, let, let's look at the First Corinthians one eighteen. First Corinthians one eighteen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. When you go home, look at the 18 to 26, and then you look at James 2, 5 to 10. So you see that the team has four main uh, words that I would want us to take a look at. Ready. Ready to share the gospel. What's the meaning of ready? I looked at my dictionary and it said, I'm fully prepared in a suitable state for action or situation. Fully prepared in a suitable state for action or situation. Share, to partake of, use, experience, occupy or enjoy with others. Occupy or enjoy with others. To talk about one's thoughts, feelings, or experiences with others. I just talked about my experiences with God. How God, out of nowhere, brought me out of this, you know, this attack that the devil for the past three, four or so months, what the devil wanted to do. So if I do not share it, I, I think, you know, on the judgment that God is going to ask me why I did not. That the gospel, the teaching or revelation of Christ, good news, good story. So this is a good news to me and my family, so I had to share it, to preach, to publicly proclaim or teach a religious message. Or believe, teach, spread, recommend, advocate, or advise. So I'm here proclaiming what God has done for me and my family the past three, four months. When the devil was trying to think that he is a wiser and stronger, you know, than the living God. So if all of us, like Paul, have an obligation because he said that he is obliged. So all of us, like Paul, are under an obligation to share, to proclaim the gospel to all. Romans 11, let's look at Romans 11, 13 to 14. Romans 11, 13 to 14. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. Here you see that Paul is telling that even though he is commissioned, Paul is commissioned to preach the good news to the Gentiles. But then he, however, uses that ministry to the Gentiles to, do, or to also benefit the Jews. And this is where, it, at least in this scripture, jealousy is used in a very positive way. Because he said that he, he, said that he is hoping that once he is pro, you know, preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, that preaching will provoke the Jews unto jealousy. And then if they are provoked into jealousy, then they will come to salvation. And then when they come to the salvation, then many of them will be saved. So it's, it's, it's very critical. So the, the question is, why would Paul preach the gospel to people who are even already saved or Christians? And then we, the, the answer is that, you know, the gospel is just... It's a continuous process. It is a call to initial saving faith. But also, what? It is a daily walk of faith with what? With God. Romans 6, let's look at Romans 6, verse 4. 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If you are walking in newness of life, it's not a, 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 how do you call it? It is a process. It is not an event. It's a process. So Romans 8, 4, put it down. When you go home, you also look at that. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Acts 19, 21. All of them show that, you know, our, our Christian walk, it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It is not a just, you know, one-stop thing or it is not an uh, event. But then, let us look at Psalm 119, verse 11 to 13. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. This is the, the, you know, this is the catch, the important place. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. With my lips. So if we say that we are ready to share the gospel with our lips, we would continually what, declare all the judgments of the month of God. Amen. Let's look at Acts 20, verse 22. Acts 20, verse 20. How I kept back nothing. That was helpful. But did what proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. So it is our responsibility as Christians to do what? Not to hide anything. Not to leave the, the, the preaching of the word. Not to leave the sharing of the word to the pastors or the elders. But then we should not restrain ourselves. But we should continually proclaim it. And then teach it. And then we, we are doing Sunday school. You know, we are every day, we are discussing every day, we are sharing every day, we are teaching so we should do what we should teach publicly from house to house. You jot down Ezekiel 33 verse 1 to 6, which is a very popular scripture, where God says that if he would want to bring judgment upon people, and then somebody was proclaims, then blows their trumpet, then the soul is saved. You have also saved your, you know, when you then, you know, when you have time, look at it. When you see the sword coming upon the land, and if you blow the trumpet and warn the people. So we are all enjoined to do what? Blow the trumpet and then warn the people. Because Second Timothy chapter you know, 3, verse 1 to 7 says that, In the last day, perilous times shall come, men shall be lovers of self. And then they've listed so many, many, many things that are going to happen. And they say that they are happening. They happen under our, you know, our, our, our nose. So how do we uh, proclaim this? And this is what uh, I would also want to ask. She, she gave me the uh, right to choose. Where is Mr. Pakanyako? This Sunday school uh, week, you know, this Sunday school, you know. Please come, 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 come. Can you in, um, I guess, uh, you know, when I was asked to come and share, he, you know, his name came to mind. And then on Sunday, as soon as he finished ministry, those of you who were here, also asked him to stand there. And then that someone came to the church and then decided that, because of his ministration, this is going to be his church. Please, can you tell us how you came to this church? Um, I remember in 2005, um, I completed um, senior, senior high. So I just came back from school, and when I came back, my mom had already... 
um, started church here. And my mom knew um, Elder Nkitia from um, the court. So I think Elder, Elder invited her to come um, here and before I, I came back from school. So when I came back, my mom said, well, let's come to church. And that's how come I am here. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. So imagine you're a lawyer uh, sitting in court waiting for the judge. He hasn't come. Or you are a doctor waiting in your consulting room for your patient. And, you know, they haven't come. What do you do? And that's exactly what I did with Auntie Mary. You know, uh, if I, this is the, it is this complimentary card that brought Auntie Mary and her family to this church. And assuming, imagine that that day I had not taken the opportunity in the courtroom while waiting for the judge to, you know, this thing is prepared by the Advocates International. And all that is on it is that when things go wrong, true or false, and then there are just a few scriptures on it. Romans 8.28, you know, First Thessalonians 5.18. So I'm sitting there somewhere. I remember there were the old cocoa affairs court. The judge is in the chambers. The court is full. And normally that I do that. So I carry a lot of them in mind. So I start distributing these things in the you know, courtroom. And then start chatting. You know, her mama, his mother was a prosecutor in the court. And then, you know, after court, he comes, we start, start sharing you know, some intimate issues, you know, start counseling her, and then invited her to church. And that's how the family ended up here. So imagine that day I had not been ready to proclaim the word of God, because as I was a lawyer, I was sitting in court. Imagine how, because this young man and his team, uh, they, they know the whole team, how they've ministered, especially to, you know, Advocates International, you know, the lawyers in the country. I think for, even for gospel, I remember, and all those things. Imagine how we would have lost the ministry, because... Mr. Pakanyako is one of the greatest, you know, uh, wo- you know uh, worship leaders that we could ever, you know, find. Amen. There's a pastor in this church. I won't mention the name. It, it's the same strategy I used to get him, you know, I didn't even know him from Adam. He was supposed to have come to see me for something. I said, no, Sunday, if, if, if you want to see me, then my church is at East Cantonment. So, and he comes. Then I think, they, 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 you know, the following week, he came with his family, he came in now. He's pastoring a, you know, a church, you know, one of our branches. That brother was in this, you know, he was there for a long time. He's, you know, pastoring a branch in this church. I, you know, I'm giving this, you know, to show you that there are so many, it's not difficult. It's not challenging, only for us to leave the preaching of the gospel with the, with the pastors. Now, Nanama and her team, the lawyer, they are doing a, we are building a kindergarten. If, if you are discerning the Manfi, Kofodia Manfi Road, where the, the, the Gare manufacturing uh, <laughs> industry is, they call the place Kokom, where you descend towards Kofodia. I'm coming from Kofodia. I buy Gary. Used buy Gary there for my dog. And I think that we had a bar conference. So I come and sit there under the, in the cave there. So there's this house. I start, you know, start, you know, chatting with with, with, with them. You know, that place is a predominantly Muslim community. We've done, you know, just before uh, Asasi Koko. You know, the village before Asasi Koko. That, that was right. So I'm sitting there sharing, you know, sharing. Then, you know, oh, this girl, she dropped out. She was in secondary school and she got pregnant. Then we start sharing. And then, this is a predominantly 
farming community. Oh, uh, lawyer, in fact, what do we need in this village is uh, kindergarten because we are farmers. And there, there's a school there. But where to leave these children? You know, they're the smaller ones. It's a good. And you know, I, I, I do a lot, of, I think a lot of the, the three people have this. You know, this is an audio Bible. It's the same. Solar, solar powered. So we decided, okay, fine. We, we are going to help you to, you know, get the kindergarten. Uh, then, but we would give you audio Bibles. Some are in ever, this one contains about five, six Ghanaian languages. We, 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 we share it. And then, Salad day. Salad day when they were breaking their cellar. Nanama and Co were there. You know, someone, you know. They, they were breaking their cellar. They said that, you know, the, 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 the Christian lawyers have come. And then they suspended the, you know, the cellar celebration. Came, sat down, and then we preached the storm to them. You know, that day. Before the Muslim went to, you know, uh, do, do the asala, and then before COVID, we would have finished the, 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 the how do you call it, the kindergarten. But Nana man, we we are trying to see if we could hand it over to them when the school uh, reopens. So you see that you know, full gospel has all they called some. Uh, they said that now that you have received Christ. If I, it's a small pamphlet that you use. Now, you, you, you've received Christ. You've attended Sunday school. You have attended discipleship. Uh, we call it, here we call it faith builders class. You have attended faith builders class. You have finished. What are you doing? Every born again person is empowered to recruit new believers for the church. Through sharing, the, you know, through sharing. And then you bring them to the church, then the church does what the church feeds them. And then how do you go out there to bring them? You know, through your testimonies of what God has done and continues to do in your lives, in our lives. As, you know, I, I started with. But for God, probably I wouldn't be standing, you know, here. So we are positioned, each one of us here is positioned to reach others on the same social, cultural, or business level more readily, because if I'm a lawyer and I do not reach out to the lawyers or the judges, if I'm a doctor and I'm not emboldened to reach out to the, you know, the doctor, if I'm a teacher, if I'm a market woman and I do not take the step to, you know, reach out to the other market women, because you think that uh, you, you are not a pastor, then that is a you know, a, a, a problem. Because once we have been born again, we've gone through all these processes, we've even been baptized, then we are what? We become witnesses for Christ. That's what John 1, 40 to 42 says. And a witness is one who testifies or gives evidence to that which he has seen or experienced. You can witness to others by both words and what? And when I'm running about read just a, a message, an American, a black American married to a Ghanaian who came to my office, you know, the message she sent to me after her encounter with me. So we are Christ ambassadors. As, you know, Second Corinthians 5.20 says, Truly, truly, I tell you, we speak all we know. And we testify to what we have seen. We testify to what we have seen. So if you are sitting here this evening, you've been in Sunday school for three years, one month, two months, six months, and you are afraid to testify, testify to what you have seen, 
what you have experienced, then it is a problem. Because once you have become born again, you've gone through all those, then you have what you call the ministry of excellence through ordinary people. And, you know, the Bible is the woman, the, you know, who had an encounter with Jesus, the Samaritan woman at the well, John 6, John 4, 6 to 30. What happened? She ran to the, no, she didn't wait. Immediately she had an encounter with Jesus, she did what? She ran to proclaim it. Philip's witness to the Ethiopian Enoch in Acts 8, 26 to 29. In fact, you see that he had even traveled across the desert, you know, just to go and witness to her. And then let's read uh, the Acts 26, 28, because it's very, very interesting there. No, 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes to Jerusalem. No, no, it's not a 28. Okay, we are talking about uh, what? Uh, Felix and the governor. You remember the governor? He said that, Then I give said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. And how did they do it? Let us look at Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 8 to... Romans 10, verse 8 to 15. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. You see that we are going back to Paul. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then, this is very, very important, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news. So if you are here and then you feel that the church is empty, and then you are not proclaiming the goodness of the Lord upon your life and the life of your family, then how are they going to you know, hear. And if they don't hear, how are they going to believe? So, you know, this is a very important uh, thing that we should keep as a, you know, the back of our mind. And then let's look at John 1, 40 and 44, just to reinforce what we are saying. One of the two who had, you know, this is when Jesus started picking up the disciples. You know, uh, I know the, the disciples and the apostles. One of the two who heard John speak and follow him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And then let's see what happened. As soon as he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. As soon as he found Jesus. He didn't wait at all to go through discipleship class and to go through, you know. He went straight away to proclaim it to his brother. And then let's look at the verse 44. 44. Let's go to 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Let, let's. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet wrote, 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So you see that all of them, as soon as they heard the good news, they decided they were ready, what? ready to preach it. They were ready to proclaim it. And there's a very interesting scripture in Isaiah 50, verse 4 to 5 and 7. Let us have Isaiah 50. If you think that you, are, you don't have the power and authority, let us listen to what the prophet Isaiah is saying. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Let's look at the fight. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Now let's look at the seven. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Once you, made, you make yourself available, the Lord God is going to make you, you know, you feel like a friend. And because he's going to vindicate you. I, I think the last Sunday is going to ask everybody to go and read Psalm 22, which is, you know, the, the Psalm that every child, you know, Jew, you know, Jewish child is, you know. Because God eventually vindicates you. If that is, you know, when Jesus, you know, why have you forsaken me and all those, you know, it came from, you know, that, 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 that scripture. Once you trust in him and then you allow him to use you, definitely he's going to vindicate you. So do not wait until you can witness to a crowd of people. Find someone who can be helped by knowing what Christ has done for you and share your testimony. So imagine that there are a few people here every day, we consistently, we consciously begin to testify about our experiences to others. Imagine how people are going to be inspired. And then imagine the revival that is going to come into this church. That I will do this. You are God has given you the tongue of the learned. He awakens your ear day by day. He speaks to you. If I said that hands of your teachers are not going to be pushed somewhere. You are going to see your teacher. You are going to hear from your teacher who is the Holy Spirit. Once you make yourself, you know, available. We are Jesus Christ. We are Christ's body. We are his feet. We are his arms. We are his lips. We are his voice. And so Jesus can reach the lost souls only through people like us. Once we decide to be faithful. We may regard others as more qualified than us, but they are not. No one else can do what you can do. You are unique. So you are a banker. You are unique. You can reach out to the banker. You are, you know, you are a soldier. You can reach out to the soldier. I'm a lawyer. I can reach out to the lawyer or the judge more than any other person. And that's exactly what happened, you know, the, the day of Pentecost. It happened with, you know, about 120 individuals being filled with the Holy Spirit and then being empowered to go out. There were other men and women like us. Acts 1.8, Acts 2.4. These people were not pastors. They were common individual men and women who had met Jesus, who believed in his teaching, and who had committed themselves to follow him. The same thing happened in Acts 8.4. If you remember, those who were scattered through the persecution, they started proclaiming the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the good news. So God has you where you are to be his contact. So wherever you are, in a station in life where you find yourself, you are God's contact with the people there. The pastor may not be able to reach your contact. I remember when I used to be in charge of the, the, you know, the ushers. I used to tell them that you know, the pastor preaches to the whole congregation. But you preach 
to the people individually. Some people may come to this church, they may never have the opportunity to meet the pastor or the elder. But you are the first point of contact. So your attitude towards those persons will determine whether they will stay in the church and then bring many more souls or they will leave and then take away uh, many more uh, souls. So anyone who truly knows Christ has something to say about the salvation message. And then T.S. Osborne, in his book, Soul Winning, refers to you, the gospel, uh, you know, which is very, very interesting. He says that it is the gospel according to you. Y dash O dash U. The gospel according to you. The one, the Y means your calling. You have been called. About a month ago, I was talking to the students, uh, you know, in the Central University on the topic, who is a Christian lawyer? And then I remember I said them that, you know, the mistake we make is that we try to distinguish between our calling, our professional calling, and our Christian calling. That's a mistake we are, you know, we, we, we make. I'm a doctor. So in the hospitals, we do not want to mix our doctoral calling with our Christian calling. Which is, you know, but he said that your calling, you, every believer, is a witness. Your field, your field is where your station of life, where you are. Your goal is what? Adding more souls to the church. It is not enough to witness their souls, but then they should be influenced by your faith. You should, you know, do everything possible. Introduce them to your pastors, your elders, and then help them to grow in faith. And then if you have literature that you use, like, you know, the full gospel, we had a voice magazine, now that you are, uh, you know, saved, and then all those things, at least you stamp the literature. So that even if that thing falls down somewhere, and somebody also picks it, you will find a covenant family, community church stamp on it. We should, that's where we need to empower our ushers and our protocol. We should welcome new congregants, you know, to, to, to their faith in such a way that, because I remember I told the, the ushers a story, that when somebody decided that he was going to you know, commit suicide, and then decided to go to church once and for all, and then, you know, this was somebody who was thinking, drunkard. But then as soon as he got there, the first person that he met, the way that person received him, he decided that that was all there. And those of you who have read the, the, you know, the, the Breaking the Ten Cases, Larry, Larry Hatch, and, you know, his other book, Generation K. You know, he was a very, very top drunk, you know, drug addict, serious one. And then somebody invited him to church. He said, no, last time he even had uh, feather, you know, feather as earrings. And he went to the church barefooted because this was a strong, you know, junkie. But now, in fact, the whole world, if it comes to deliverance ministry, curses, he is the one who has been, you know, breaking cases all, 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 all over the world. He's written two or three, four books on, on this. I'll quickly run through the obstacles. You know, we should learn to manage our expectations. Don't think that today, as soon as a person comes, then, you know, he... You know, I, I, I've drunk before. Also, I've been trained, you know, talking about, I, I remember very well that when I accepted Christ Legon, full gospel, you know, me normally the Guinness, I used to drink it from a bottle. Yeah. And of full gospel, they won't tell you that stop drinking. So one day, you know, I used to live in Legon with my sister, and then one day I closed, I went to a lodger, you know, interact with her. Then I put the, I got the Guinness. The first sip, the thing was like quinine. Very, very bitter. So I told the man, the, the barman, are your thing is still. And he said, no, this is the first one that they, they brought. And that was the end. That was the end. Nobody asked me to, 
stop drinking. But God himself turned that, you know, the Guinness into some bitter quinine. So we should learn to manage our expectations. Second Corinthians 4, 7 to 12. Insufficient knowledge. Romans 10, 1 to 12. We should learn to develop ourselves, you know, build, you know, whatever we, we have learned. Lack of faith. Hebrews 5:11 to 14. And holding on to our past attitudes. Hebrews 12, verse 1. We should learn to break from our past. Then prayerlessness, which leads to hopelessness. Because if you are prayerless, and then you are, you know, you would think that you have cranked and cranked and cranked, the people are not responding. So you become frustrated and all those things. So we should invest a lot of prayers into this. And then self sufficiency. But I've been born preached about that about three weeks ago. Uh, so, and, you know, our sufficiency is in the Lord. You see, our sufficiency is in the Lord, not in ourselves. Reverend Steve Asante in his book, Evangelism Rises, your response to what God has invested in you will one day be subject to judgment. Life is to be shared. To use also born again in his book, So Winning Says, and I quote, so winning is one person talking to another person about Jesus Christ and what he means in his life here and now. The unconverted world is not very much interested in what a preacher behind some pulpit has to say about spiritual things. They would love to hear it from some non-ecclesiastical person whom they trust. So in Enosha, I've been trying to say how we will be ready to share the gospel. And then you see that I have talked about personal testimony. That, you know, the methods, you know, the Roman way. If I talk about the Roman way, because if you look at all the scriptures, Romans 3:23, Romans 6:23a, Romans 5, verse 8, Romans 6, 23b, Romans 10, 9, 10, 13. He said, it all talks about, you know, we, we, we've sinned, we have loved, you know, God and all those things. And then there's, there's four spiritual laws that I think we even teach it here in our uh, discipleship class. And then the bridge method. Eventually, Jesus Christ is the bridge. You know, that's you know, takes us from the, where we used to be, you know, to where we are supposed to be. So this is uh, my testimony. This is what God has laid on my heart to share. I would want us to make some declaration, some few declarations before I hand over. The ambassadors, please, uh, if Mr. Bakanyako, if you, you could uh, lead us in saying, you know, I pledge allegiance to the king. Yeah. And with all due respect, if we may be on our feet, as we all join them in singing.
know that your Holy Spirit will take over. Touch our lips with the call of fire and empty us of ourselves. Holy Spirit, take over. Even as we make this declaration to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, you repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we jointly declare that we will tell the glad news of deliverance and salvation wherever men may be found. Father, we declare that from this moment onwards, we will not restrain our lips from proclaiming the good news whenever the opportunity arises. Sovereign Lord, empower us to use the tongue of the instructed one to proclaim the good news. Father, awaken us every morning to proclaim the word that sustains the weary. Father, we declare that from today, our tongues shall bring life to people and not pierce like a sword. We proclaim that the fruits of our lips shall bring life to the weary, that our words shall rescue many. Father, we declare that from tonight, our tongues shall be like tri silver, and our lips shall nourish many, that our lips shall proclaim what is fitting and right. Father, we declare that our tongues shall commend the knowledge of the living God. Our tongues shall be like trees of life that bring healing. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.